At the end of the 19th century, 16-year-old Jay Cavendish, Cavendish, pardon me, played by Cody Smith McPhee, journeys across the American frontier in search of the woman he loves. He is joined by Silas, played by Michael Fosbender, a mysterious traveler and a hotly pursued by an outlaw along the way. We're joined today by the director and writer of this wonderful new film called Slow West. Um, that would be John McLean. John, welcome to Film School. Hello. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for being here. And again, I um, just, uh, this kind of a sparse uh, sort of uh, overview synopsis of the film uh, Slow West. If you care to expand on that, that's fine. If not, I understand because it is a film that sort of reveals itself in in very interesting ways as as the story progresses. Uh, so, uh, but I would like to ask you how you came to the story of Slow West. Yeah, um, I had made two short films with Michael Fassbender, so I had sort of developed a relationship over those two films um, enough for him to convince him to um, work with me for a feature. So I knew that I was writing for him for the part of Silas. Mm-hmm. And then um, at the beginning, I just, because I'd come from sort of zero-budget filmmaking, really, I kind of thought that Western as long as I didn't base it in towns um, and base it in forests, would actually be quite cheap and mm-hmm. <laughs> easy to make look good. So um, that's why I thought, you know, base the story in, in, in the landscape. Um, and then I had just lots of other ideas about... I used to love traveling America when I was younger, so um, I had ideas about making a kind of Western from a European or Scottish person's point of view coming out to the West, which a West populated by lots of different cultures at that time and not necessarily just full of American um, people, but people from all over the world. So that was really the the starting point in the script. Well, and and to that end, uh, you you can really kind of make the argument that this time in the American story, the American history, there were an awful lot of people. There there was... There were, people hadn't been around long enough for there really to be many Americans at this point in our history, right? We were just in, still in the point... Yeah, that's true, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah anywhere between... I mean, I, you can sort of... It's hard. It's very specific. Maybe different cultures came at different times, but anywhere from 1800 to 1900, you know, there was... Really? You know, when I when I traveled America and spoke to Americans about, you know, they, they all were the first thing they said was, oh, my... My grandmother's Scottish, or my great grandfather was Scottish, or you know, so or, or Irish, or Scandinavian, or German, or you know, so mm-hmm. um, it was something that I thought would be an interesting way to approach the Western. Well, I, I would make the argument that until maybe the mid twentieth uh, century, there was really just so many people, as you described it, that were first yeah. or second generation so-called Americans, but not many more than, you yeah. know, not many. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think it's a very, no, in, I think it's a very interesting um, sort of historic perspective, but a, a realistic one as well that you explore in Slow West. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and, you know, and, and also um, I, I was struck while watching the film um, by the sort of, iconography of the characters there's a very strong thread running through here there is the a man becoming an adult uh, or a boy becoming a, a man uh, lo- true love 
you know the the, the yeah. you know a mentoring relationship between Michael Fassbender yeah. and and so all of these things. So when you're writing something like this, I mean, this is a a, a sort of a very layered uh, story. Tell me a little bit about your writing yeah. process and putting together Slow West. Well, I mean, I did start. The more I started writing it, the more I sort of started thinking about fairy tale elements, really, and the you know the cautionary tales of side of fairy tales and uh, the kind of characters a little bit as archetypes as well rather than you know just getting into these people's personalities you know which I do a bit too but um, so that was that started to become a strong element in the script stage Um, I worked with a a great script editor in London um, called Kate Lays and she um, you know she doesn't write herself but she's very good at she really helped me with structure and character and stay focused with the the themes, really theme, character and structure and, and very much story, you know, and and then, you know, story, a big president over a plot, which um, yeah. people, you know, um, can get kind of bogged down in plot, plot and, and, uh, and so, you know, that really helped when it came to the layers, you know, I thought... You know the the themes can be put in subtly, and then the the uh, the characters can um, have their arcs, but really be kind of. And then you can sort of play with the good thing about a western as well is you can start playing with people's perceptions yeah. of myth and and characters. So yeah, it was that's the, that's the fun bit as well. Yeah, and that that's a very interesting uh, point that you're making. I think that uh, you can have a, a rather sparse storyline and it does i mean there's kind of yeah. i mean really you can explain it the 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 plot and yeah. pretty quickly but the fact is is within that then you you you've allowed yourself as a filmmaker and an artist to be able to explore those kind of i think you put it better archetypes that you really it's, yeah. it's so wonderful, and and you're right to your point. You know, one of the reasons I think filmmakers starting out tend to gravitate towards a western style story is because of that. Just because they're we're so yeah. we're so entrenched with that what what it is to be a man, and, and certainly the 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 west comes along in that uh, in the vein of thought yeah. when you're thinking that way. That's very interesting. So you're having a you so you obviously made this decision up front. Um, was yeah. Your choice, you said you'd work with Michael Fassbender uh, previously when you wrote this with him in mind. Yeah. And and he is an embodiment of kind of the ideal you're talking about. Um, tell me a yeah. little bit about bringing some of the other people into this. Now you've got Cody Smith-McVie, who I think is just a wonderful up-and-coming actor, terrific actor, and he's wonderful in this. Yeah. But tell me about bringing, sort of plugging in the parts, so certainly of... of yeah. um, go ahead, talk yeah, once I mean, once I knew Mike was on board, I mean, he can attract a certain level of other actors that want to work with him or that realise the project is a serious project when he's attached to it. So it's kind of opened the doors to a really great cast. And then when I decided to shoot in New Zealand um, for this, which I kind of tried to keep secret, but <laughs> the cat's out of the bag. So New Zealand standing in for Colorado... <laughs> But it sort of meant that I was using, you know, I was. It was much easier for me to look at Australian, New Zealand actors for a lot of the parts. Yeah. Cody being Australian and and had a relationship with the Australian production company I was working with, so his name came up um, 
pretty quickly and then it was just a case of I hadn't been aware of him since seeing him in the road when he was 10 so I mm. kind of um, when I saw you know just physically I mean I was doing a lot of casting actually with 50% physical you know physically if he looked like the people I was writing about then that was amazing <laughs> so um, he did have that kind of you know, I wanted a, a 16-year-old that hadn't spent the last 10 years in a gym and was all pumped and, yeah. you know, someone that would maybe just be a contrast to Michael's physical strength. And I'm not saying Cody's weak, but he is, he's got, there's a fragility about yes. him. So yes. um, when I met him and spoke to him, and he's a very intelligent, funny guy. So he did, I did feel like he, he and and then, of course, on the flip side, he responded really well to the script and saw parts of him in the character as well. So yeah. um, it was really an easy decision. I didn't really yeah. see anyone else after I spoke to Cody. Well, it, it, and then, oh, and then the same with some of the other characters. Well, Michael, I mean, sorry, Ben Mendelsohn, who's terrific in this as well. Yeah, Ben, and, yeah. And you've got some people. I, I reckon Animal Kingdom. Yeah, so I then. was going to say from Animal Kingdom, just a wonderful movie, and so yeah. good to see him back. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, and and with Cody, he's sort of the embodiment of this sort of pure pureness, uh, this kind of essence of yeah, innocence, and, and he embodies it very well in the film. And you, it's funny you you beat me to my question about where was it filmed because I would truly believe it was done <laughs> from Colorado, and uh, um, it looks yeah. it looks great. Well, um. Yeah. Well, so so you again. You've made some short films. You decided, you know, I I think I'm I've got a I've got a feature length film in me. Uh, John McLean. Yeah. What did you? What was it in you that you said? You know, I can do this. I can, I think I can pull this together because you did a great job, by the way. Um, <laughs> but, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, um, I've I've been a film fanatic for you know since I was a kid, really, and you know when I was I studied art, I went to art school, and in the evenings I worked in cinema. Um, like an art house cinema in Edinburgh, and every Friday night there was late night double bills, and I always got to watch one film and every Friday, and it was usually something like High Plains Drifter or um, Boiling Point, or you know, so the really uh, great edu- cinema education really there, and and then um, I think quite a, I mean I think maybe Tarantino turned up with Reservoir Dogs and I went along to talk Yeah, and uh, I just listened to him talk about you know where he'd come from and the films he liked and it really hit something in me that I can do, <laughs> I thought I can do this you know yeah. up until that point you know because I grew up being obsessed by films like Die Hard and Predator and Robocops you know so I didn't really think of myself as a cinephile I thought I was just you know a fan a lover of trash cinema, really. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, looking back, I now realise how great those films were and how great those scripts were and how, you know... Um, yeah. Um, so, so yeah, then... So who did it you... It really who, was a long process. Yeah, who did... Well, John, who did you bring in, you know, sort of the uh, the, the first people that you brought in to sort of assist you and, and see your vision come to the screen? Did you go with a producer or the cinematographer? How did you... What was your next step? 
um, for, for the actual feature film or for, for the whole my whole career. Well, the feature film. And by the way, I do want to, yeah. before, before we go any further, I, uh, John McLean, for those of you who are fans of music, I, I've neglected to let mention that uh, John is also one of the founding members of the Beta Band and goes back uh, a lot of musical background, and we'll touch on that in a little bit. But uh, yeah. so, so you brought, so, mm. you, so who sort of, as you assemble your team to help you put uh, Slow West together? Yeah. Um, it started really, it started with uh, Michael's agent, Connor, who's a friend of mine and now he represents me and um, I've met him. He was involved in the previous two short films with Michael. So um, Connor and Michael are um, um, are friends and working relationships. So they, they set up a production company for my previous short film to run it through. And then... Um, I sat down with Michael and Connor and we discussed doing a feature film next after the, the success of the short film. So um, that's where it started. And then I'd worked with Film Forum, a previous short film as well. So mm-hmm. they they immediately said yes to a feature film that would involve Michael and, um, and they were up for the idea of a Western. And they put me in touch with the script editor to try okay. and just get the scripts yeah. up and running. So... It really started with the script, you know, mm-hmm. and, the, and working with Kate. And then I'd worked with Robbie Ryan on my previous short film. So I was trying to take as many people from my previous short as I could, you know, so it was the cameraman, the actor, um, film four. And then um, really, once the script had finished, it was just a case of going, you know, getting Robbie Ryan again, schedule yeah. and getting... Um, and then just really, you know, Michael suggested one or two actors that um, Rory McCann, who's the Hound in Game of Thrones, <laughs> um, and uh, a few. And so it was, uh, yeah. it was really built like that, you know. Yeah. And then, and then um, Seesaw, who who produced it, was Australian um, co-production, so um, they helped a lot. Yeah. production and you know it just sort of grew from there but I guess you know it, the seed was really me and Michael and Connor and yeah. then me and Kate and writing well I, I want to suggest by the way we're speaking with the director and the writer of this uh, new film western film uh, called Slow West it, and it, it it plays with a lot of the uh, as we were talking about earlier the uh, the archetypes of, of a western but different different take a different kind of sensibility and, and certainly outlook um, before I talk about Robbie Ryan because it's a it's a, just a spectacular film to look at. But I want to kind of suggest some of the influences that I saw in the film, and I for people listening who are yep. what kind of wondering, it reminded me a lot of McCabe and Mrs. Miller. I had that vibe uh, from it. Yeah. I, I thought yeah. uh, the claim Michael Winterbottom's film, it felt like that as well. Very realistic film mm. in that regard, of sort of the, the the way the West was. Um, obviously, you can go with the kind of the uh, spaghetti western, but but. Uh, but it's just there are a lot of movies that remind you of, but at the same time, certainly a very just um, beautifully contained uh, film uh, and uh, and a story that is always kind of keeping you a little bit off kilter. Just a, it keeps throwing you keep throwing things in that you're kind of scratch. Is wait a minute, I missed did I miss something? And then you're all of a sudden you're in a kind of a, the campfire scene kind of kind of thrills you off. Yeah. And then there's some things going on in it in the film that um, yeah that keep it yeah. keep it very interesting. Um, 
but are those some of your influences? I mean, Altman. I really saw some Altman in here, and and uh, from yeah. I mean, I, I gave I gave Ben Mendelsohn the cave of Mrs. Miller. Yeah, I, yeah. I, that was one of the most direct references with um, his performance, which is like the baddie in the cave of Mrs. Miller has that kind of yeah. intelligence and wit yeah. that um, some bad guys don't have. But that was a, an absolute reference, um, and yeah, just taking. Taking the cine- taking the Western genre and mixing it with a touch of magic realism or a touch of dreamlike quality that yeah. the McCabe has. So absolutely, yeah. um, yeah. but there's so many. I mean, I could just name <laughs> a thousand films. We 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 <laughs> don't have time. We're on the way in there <laughs> but but so, Rob but Rob I mean, Ryan, let's talk yeah. a little bit about working with him. Uh, did you s- tell him this is yeah. what I want, or was it a collaborative thing, or did he tell you, you know, I see it this way? How how was your relationship with your cinematographer? Um, well, after after I, I wrote the film, I storyboarded every shot. Really, mm-hmm. um, it's the way I've made every film. Even back in the day with my mates doing little samurai or alien films, I'd storyboarded every shot. So um, that's the way I like to do it, and then. I worked with Robbie. I would we'd look at the storyboards. Yeah. You know, I kind of uh, on the storyboards. It really said where the camera was going to be placed and everything. So yeah, um, it kind of that's what we stuck to. You know, and um, I, I gave Robbie a, a few rules. I was I suggested that I wanted deep focus. Um, I wanted everything in focus as much as possible. Yeah. I know very little about lenses, so I just said just make it all in focus. <laughs> Um, I wanted static camera as much as possible, yeah. so yeah. hardly any. Uh, there's one handheld shot in the whole film, but yeah. the rest I wanted static, and I wanted one six six ratios, which is um, slightly narrower. And then I gave him lots of color references, which were from um, mainly like with the Wild Bunch, when things are you know the sky's blue and yeah. the grass is green, and I wanted to. I told the whole production to stay away from kind of browns because a lot of modern westerns they're either very brown or they're slightly desaturated so I wanted to kind of go for full on colour that I'd seen while I was in Colorado um, it's almost a it's almost a technicolor look. I'm sorry. It's almost a technicolor yeah, look in it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah and those were the it was technicolor references I was giving Robbie. Yeah. But you know, I know nothing about cameras and lenses, and you know, and he's the master and lighting and ah, um, so really that's what you know. He he had those limits and he knew the look and he's had the storyboards. So you know, it was yeah. it was. You know, just a constant surprise for for him to shoot it, and it, it just looks so good with the, the lighting, really. You know, the, yeah. and the way he works with light, it was fantastic in this film. It, absolutely. I, well, I know you we're short on time. Uh, just real quick, uh, uh, I want to yeah. remind our listeners, director John McLean, writer John McLean, the film is uh, Slow West, uh, got a uh, early release yeah. on DirecTV, pay-per-view, or VOD. And then it's going the- theatrical, um, and I just see it. It's a, it's a, it's just it's a beautiful film to look at. It's an intelligent film. The acting is terrific, and you're never quite certain where the story is going to go, which is, I think, the the essence of a very interesting and fun film to watch. Um, gosh, I got to let you go. I guess we're we're just out of time. But uh, I, are you going back to work at, on Beta Band stuff? Or are you going back into film? What's what's um, next for you? I, th- I think yeah, writing a, writing my second feature oh. the next step. So I'm just get, 
starting pen to paper again. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna hold you to this, but I hope that you'll find some time to come back. Uh, as I really can't oh, wait to see you. see your work. Uh, this is really I'm telling yeah. people this terrific film. This is really a wonderful film to look at and to watch and to enjoy. So. John, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here on Film <laughs> School. Thank you so much. Uh, take care of yourself. Great. All right, bye. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.